This is a brief excerpt from a response by President Andrew Jackson to a censure on his activities by the United States Senate. Jackson said, it appears by the published journal of the Senate that on the 26th of December last, a resolution was offered by a member of the Senate, which after a protracted debate was on the 28th day of March last modified by the mover and passed by the votes of 26 senators out of 46 who were present and voted in the following words, viz. Resolved that the president in the late executive proceedings in relation to the public revenue has assumed upon himself an authority and power not conferred by the Constitution and laws, but in derogation of both. Having had the honor through the voluntary suffrages of the American people to fill the office of President of the United States during the period which may be presumed to have been referred to in this resolution, it is sufficiently evident that the censure it inflicts was intended for myself. Without notice, unheard and untried, I thus find myself charged on the records of the Senate and in a form hitherto unknown in our history with the high crime of violating the laws and constitution of my country. Under the Constitution of the United States, the powers and functions of the various departments of the federal government and their responsibilities for violation or neglect of duty are clearly defined or result by necessary inference. The legislative power is, subject to the qualified negative of the president, vested in the Congress of the United States, composed of the Senate and House of Representatives. The executive power is vested exclusively in the president, except that in the conclusion of treaties and in certain appointments to office, he is to act with the advice and consent of the Senate. The judicial power is vested exclusively in the Supreme and other courts of the United States, except in cases of impeachment, for which purpose the accusatory power is vested in the House of Representatives and that of hearing and determining in the Senate. But although for the special purposes which have been mentioned, there is an occasional intermixture of the powers of the different departments, yet with these exceptions, each of the three great departments is independent of the others in its sphere of action, and when it deviates from that sphere is not responsible to the others further than is expressly made so in the Constitution. In every other respect, each of them is co-equal of the other two, and all are the servants of the American people, without power or right to control or censure each other in the service of their common superior, save only in the manner and to the degree which that superior has prescribed. The responsibilities of the president are numerous and weighty. He is liable to impeachment for high crimes and misdemeanors, and on due conviction to removal from office and perpetual disqualification. And notwithstanding such conviction, he may also be indicted and punished according to law. He is also liable to the private action of any party who may have been injured by his illegal mandates or instructions in, some, in the same manner and to the same extent as the humblest functionary. In addition to the responsibilities which may thus be enforced by impeachment, criminal prosecution, or suit at law, he is accountable also at the bar of public opinion for every act of his administration. Subject only to the restraints of truth and justice, 
The free people of the United States have the undoubted right as individuals or collectively, orally or in writing, at such times and in such language and form as they may think proper to discuss his official conduct and to express and promulgate their opinions concerning it. Indirectly, also, his conduct may come under review in either branch of the legislature or in the Senate when acting in its executive capacity, and so far as the executive or legislative proceedings of these bodies may require it, it may be exercised by them. These are believed to be the proper and the only modes in which the President of the United States is to be held accountable for his official conduct. Tested by these principles, the resolution of the Senate is wholly unauthorized by the Constitution and in derogation of its entire spirit. It assumes that a single branch of the legislative department may, for the purposes of a public censure and without any view to legislation or impeachment, take up, consider, and decide upon the official acts of the executive. But in no part of the Constitution is the President subjected to any such responsibility, and in no part of that instrument is any such power conferred on either branch of the legislature. It is due to the high trust with which I have been charged, to those who may be called to succeed me in it, to the representatives of the people whose constitutional prerogative has been lawfully assumed, to the people and to the states and to the Constitution they have established, that I should not permit its provisions to be broken down by such an attack on the Executive Department without at least some effort to preserve, protect, and defend them. With this view, and for the reasons which have been stated, I do hereby solemnly protest against the aforementioned proceedings of the Senate as unauthorized by the Constitution, contrary to its spirit, and to several of its express provisions, subversive of that distribution of powers of government which it has ordained and established, destructive of the checks and safeguards by which those powers were intended on the one hand to be controlled and on the other to be protected, and calculated by their immediate and collateral effects, by their character and tendency, to concentrate in the hands of a body not directly amenable to the people, a degree of influence and power dangerous to the liberties and fatal to the constitution of their choice. The resolution of the Senate contains an imputation upon my private as well as upon my public character, and as it must stand forever on their journals, I, I cannot close this substitute for that defense which I have not been allowed to present in the ordinary form without remarking that I have lived in vain if it be necessary to enter into a formal vindication of my character and purposes from such an imputation. In vain do I bear upon my person enduring memorials of that contest in which American liberty was purchased. In vain have I since periled property, fame, and life in defense of the rights and privileges so dearly bought. In vain am I now without a personal aspiration or the hope of individual advantage encountering responsibilities and dangers from which by mere inactivity in relation to a single point I might have been exempt. If any serious doubts can be entertained as to the purity of my purposes and motives, if I have been ambitious, I should have sought an alliance with that powerful institution which even now aspires to no divided empire. If I had been venal, 
I should have sold myself to its designs. Had I preferred personal comfort and official ease to the performance of my arduous duty, I should have ceased to molest it. In the history of conquerors and usurpers, never in the fire of youth nor in the vigor of manhood could I find an attraction to lure me from the path of my duty. And now I shall scarcely find an inducement to commence their career of ambition when gray hairs and a decaying frame, instead of inviting to toil and battle, call me to the contemplation of other worlds where conquerors cease to be honored and usurpers expiate their crimes. The only ambition I can feel is to heal the wounds of the Constitution and preserve it from further violation, to persuade my countrymen, so far as I may, that it is not in a splendid government supported by powerful monopolies and aristocratical establishments that they will find happiness or their liberties protection, but in a plain system, void of pomp, protecting all and granting favors to none, dispensing its blessings like the dews of heaven, unseen and unfelt, save in the freshness and beauty they contribute to produce. It is such a government that the genius of our people requires, such a one only under which our states may remain for ages to come, united, prosperous, and free. To the end, that the resolution of the Senate may not be hereafter drawn into precedent with the authority of silent acquiescence on the part of the executive department, and to the end also that my motives and views in the executive proceedings denounced in that resolution may be known to my fellow citizens, to the world, and to all posterity, I respectfully request that this message and protest may be entered at length on the journals of the Senate.